0: Gear up. Uh-uh. What? I need a gun. No, you don't. Joel, uh, I can handle myself. No. Just stay here. It's fine. Just wait around for you two to get me killed. Well, this goes on record as the worst fucking job you've ever taken. Yeah, it's up there. How oh, in the hell is Tess okay with this suicide mission? Her idea. Really? Well, the broad's not as smart as I thought she was. What her. Seriously, you gotta take that kid back to where you found her. I can't just take her back. Then send her packing, let her find her own way. Look, let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, I had somebody that I cared about. A partner. Somebody I had to look after. And in this world, that sort of shit's good for one thing. Getting you killed. So you know what I did? I wisen the fuck up. And I realized it's got to be just me. Bill, it ain't like that. It's Bullshit. It is just like that. Hey! What'd I say to you when we walked down the steps? What'd I say? I'm just fixing your stupid pile. Don't touch. God damn it. You keep babysitting long enough, and eventually it's going to blow up in bill. your face. Can we please just get on with it? Here. Let's get on with it.
1: Hello there, and welcome to episode 31 of the Video Game Podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Joel to my bill, John. John, we got to kick things off. We were right about the Defcon level. There was no state of play, no showcase. Nope. What is our Defcon level now?
2: I think it stays the same. I think but uh, <laughs> it stays at a four.
1: Yeah, I gotta keep that news cycle empty for for spoken because it comes out next week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just you know, if we're talking about when when the conference or state of play is gonna be, yeah, I, I think it's just it's not going to be done this early in the year, and it's not gonna be done before the first major release of the year. So, okay, again, I I'm I feeling it in, in my balls. It's gonna be you know second or first or second week of February is kind of where I'm thinking. But
1: yeah, I think I think this will be the last week and then after this the next week we'll have to raise the CON level as we keep going
2: yeah i mean i i don't know if you've seen you know it's combing the internet and stuff there are lots of you know uh, unsubstantiated posts of playstation state of play rumors swirling all this you know <laughs> nonsense of people just trying to uh i don't know be the first one to say that. Like, oh, i told you so on january 12th i said there was one comment. i you know i don't know if there's
1: any credibility to any of it but no, they're vague. There might be a Very state vague. of play. There's going to be a state of play in January, February, maybe March, yeah, possibly April, May, yeah. wow. June. Are you Nostradamus, dude? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just in that general time frame, there might be a state of play. Okay? Sure. <laughs> All right, I'm with you. Sticking to a four. But like I said, I think I'm going to raise it going uh, after next week. So. And then another thing I wanted to bring up is that we missed a few games in our yay, nay, or meh <laughs> uh, segment of last week. Uh, the first one being Wanted Dead. <laughs> mm. uh, this is a Ninja Gaiden spiritual successor from Ninja Gaiden X developers. Uh, it is about a, a woman with a samurai sword and guns. It looks very weird. Uh, Done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's
2: uh, it's a meh, with um, bordering meh. I, it's you know, it's one of those new IPs from a new team with a new everything, where yeah. it's like I can't I can't give really much of an opinion on it until either other people st- get their hands on it or I just simply see more. So, just based on information we know and have,
1: it's it's got to be a, no more than a meh. Yeah, it's probably a A. Yeah, <laughs> it has a B title written all over it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah,
2: when you just kind of think of the title, that definitely seems like uh, not
0: a
1: triple A type thing. <laughs> all right, Wanted Dead. So, and then the next game is that PlayStation exclusive, also with a woman with a blade, is Stellar Blade, previously known as Project Eve mm-hmm. before that. Uh, we've seen it a few times. It was featured in a PlayStation blog for their most anticipated games of this year. Where do you sit on Stellar Blade? Uh, can there be something between meh and yeah?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe that it's good. I want to believe that you know we can have another uh, weird, near-automata-esque, female-led, awesome action platform with a deep story. But... Um, you know, I, I just I, I don't know how it's all gonna land. It's got cool looking enemy designs, the graphics look great. You know, there's definitely I've seen some some images and stills of weird you know, almost cyberpunky machine meets man type type things, and so I don't know if it's going down that Android near automata what is humanity, you know, narrative. But I I, I don't know anything about the developer who who is developer? shift up shift up and that's is that the south
1: korean one yeah i, th- I think that's the one like you listed off like a billion games and we could have named right a single one. all all mobile stuff <laughs> and that's kind of where i'm at like in,
2: in my my video game career i guess you could say is i really i look first to the developer it's it's you know, I've, I've decided a long time ago, movies are my other hobby. And the way that I typically think of a new movie coming out, the very first question I always ask is, who's the director? Because that's going to be the person who's able to influence the production probably more than anybody else. And so I feel like asking who's the developer on something is very similar. If it's somebody who has a good track record, a team that, you know, has put out some quality stuff in the past, I probably have a, a very good confidence rating that it's going to be good. But if you have not released anything... You got to you got to impress me first.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you though. I think in these times now we're going to see a lot of new studios and new yeah. games, so it's going to be harder and harder to do that. So, did you say what you thought? Is this a May? It's a meh. Meh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a me for me. I think I this is a May too. Like you said, I think the gameplay looks solid. It has the potential uh to be something better it's being published by sony so yeah that's a big one that's a big check in the positive column so hopefully this will this will be that uh devil may cry uh, bayonetta you know we can talk about it in that kind of level of action
2: we're about due for a new one of those i feel like you know devil may cry was like 2000 what three the first one I don't know, I'm going back. It might even be 2001, because I feel like it was like a PS2 launch title. but what then, was the point
1: you are going to make? Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I was just stick with me. So it was
2: like 20 years ago, and then like about seven to eight years later, we get Bayonetta, right? And Very much the same. Then about, you know, I think 10 years later than that, we get Near Automata. So now we're six years from that. It's time for another, you know, action, <laughs> psycho combat, you know, yeah. game. Yeah, 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 so great point
1: nick i don't know what you're talking about fantastic <laughs> if point. it has bullet time that's great yeah there you go <laughs> all right and then also mentioned in that same blog article was lords of the fallen don't think- i
2: don't know what to make of this
1: <laughs> it
2: looks good and that uh-huh. makes me nervous <laughs> you know the uh, the original God, it's the worst naming convention. It's honestly just, I can't imagine that they landed on this, but the original Lords of the Fallen, not the Lords of the Fallen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was one of the very first Souls knockoffs, and it it was fine. Fine is, is you know, nobody will say it's anything more than that. It's very much a 6 out of 10. This looks great. It looks like they really spent a lot of time looking at the aesthetic of the world. Um, obvious Bloodborne, you know, vibes. Um, and the enemy design looks great, but it's just one of those things that, you know, you really feel Miyazaki missing from these kind of things. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's a meh, um, but if it comes out, if it reviews well, I'll check it out at least. But even something like Neo, man, I I never got into those games because they're just such a commitment. And unless if you're only playing that kind of game, it just... It, I'd rather just spend my time with Elden Ring and Souls if I have to d- dedicate some time to that genre. Sure, sure.
1: And since it's one of those games, it's a no for me. Um. So, <laughs> All right, good. We got we got those. I, I think that's all the games that are coming out this year. <laughs> Every single one of them. Yeah, no new games are coming.
2: My name no. is Mayo 3 is coming, dude.
1: We didn't talk about that. Because <laughs> that'd be a yay for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then finally... Some sad news. John's most anticipated game, Skull and Bones, <laughs> <laughs> is delayed again. It is not coming out March 9th. Uh, as you may have heard, it was been delayed multiple times again. <sighs> just, uh, just, this is just a bummer. This is sad news. We won't be able to play it. It's a dumpster fire over there, man. <laughs> Ubisoft is on fire. <laughs> Because they're know, so good, they're hot. We
2: might talk about them, you know, in the upcoming weeks. I don't know, but it's just bad news after bad news after bad news from those guys and you know it's it's interesting the most interesting thing about this for me is this is also kind of coming with some other news that ubisoft is canceling some projects you know they're really hurting financially and it's just like out of all the projects you canceled this is the one that we're choosing to I, at this point you have to like at this point I, I get it but it's just you know if you guys are flipping about canceling these things right they announced a splinter cell vr game and then a week later they cancel it like they're rebranding x defiant they're doing all these things it's just like Who's, who's who's running the ship? Pardon the pun, like over there. What
1: are you guys thinking? So, um, um, as you mentioned on this very show, they're contractually obligated to make this game. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Because it, it's it,
2: through the Singapore government, right? Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's a very good point. That's they, why they have to. It has,
1: it has to come out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows it's when? Scary. But uh, yeah, they didn't give a new date. They just said sometime, uh, you know, fiscal 23, 24, So anyway. Any time from you know April of this year till March of uh, next year. So I just I really f-
2: <laughs> I feel for that team, man. Like I just I hope that their mental health is hanging in there <laughs> because I can't imagine it being easy to a work on a fledgling fledgling that's not the right word but a, a beleaguered project like this for right. seven to eight years at this point. Right. Then to see all the conversations surrounding it, right, I'm sure these people are on the internet, they're seeing what people are saying, nobody's excited for this game, (laughs) and it seems like everybody's just saying it's dead on arrival, so it's just, I hope that those guys are able to just focus on what they need to do, really put in the best effort that they can and try and make a good game, but they have one of the steepest hills to climb of any game I can remember on release.
1: Yeah. At least they have more time, but I just imagine they've been crunching hard to try and hit this March 9th date. Do you remember those
2: screenshots of that game? How much was on the HUD? Do you remember all that? (laughs) I think
1: you've brought this up before, but yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, dude, look at, somebody find an image of that and look at it if you wanna see a convoluted mess. I I hope they're streamlining it and just, it seems like they need a more more, um, focused vision as opposed to just generic naval combat game. Right. They need right. they need a hook, they need something, and hopefully that's what they're spending this time to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, now we can finally move into the format of the show. This is how it works. John and I both being, man, I cannot talk today. Both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic, an email to pod at gmail.com. Or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Any of those things we want to talk about, we bring them. And I am going to kick things off with an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. This comes from the official nemesis of the show, Jake. As we mentioned in our year-end wrap-up, he earned a total of 22 Platinum Trophies in 2022. He is a sick... Unhealthy individual. like And yes, folks, he is
2: married, and his wife puts up with it. So you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand, but
1: we're not here to ask questions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of that, he's already gotten two platinum trophies, and it's only been 13 days into the new year. So, <laughs> so have I. Just yeah, saying. you both are horrible. I hate you both so much. Um, but uh, he wrote into the show. And the title of his email is Second Chances. He goes, hello, pals. Long time, first time. I want to hear for, hear your thoughts on giving video games second chances. I recently read an opinion piece, which he did not link, about how the video <laughs> game industry should stop remaking good games and instead remake games which could have, could have been great but missed the mark. In a world littered with sequels, reboots, and remakes of already successful and beloved franchises, what are some old, mediocre games you would love to see be given a second chance? And he, there's two parts to this, so we'll stop there at the first part. Sure. Uh, John, do you have any old, mediocre games you think deserve um, a second chance? Yeah, so I remake I, treatment?
2: I've actually spent a decent amount of time thinking about this, and... I, it's important to note that I have perfect taste. So <laughs> everything I play is absolutely the best. No. I, I, I don't have a lot of answers for you, Nick. I, there is one that that kind of pops up to my to the forefront of my, my brain, which is alien isolation. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a 2014 horror game from Creative Assembly, uh, who are the guys who do the Total War game. So it was kind of a, a little bit out of their wheelhouse, but I think they were very, very close. And for anybody who played that game, it's a stealth game through and through where you are being stalked by an alien on a ship and it's very tense, it's very claustrophobic, but they did a great job nailing the atmosphere, the tension, um, and had some of the most incredible AI design of any any um, game that I can kind of recall. There's a there's a guy that Nick and I work with and he he was telling me a little bit about it and the way that he kind of said it was, the way that they designed was, there was an AI in the front of the alien and an AI in the back of the alien that was checking where the player was at all times. And there was also another AI that was kind of overseeing the entire map and so that would kind of nudge the alien in the right direction of where you needed to go but it was always present somewhere on the map at any given time which is I think a, a cool thing that I don't think there's a lot of games that do something like that. Yeah, so it I, leads to like dynamic
1: encounters. Yeah. Like not, no one's two playthroughs are the same. Nothing you is they Where the alien appears. Yeah, that's a really good answer.
2: Yeah, and so I think they just missed the mark. I think it was a little too long. It was about 25 hours, <laughs> which is just too much for something where you are literally, your heart is beating nonstop. It's, it's intense. And you know, they could have maybe fleshed out a little bit more combat mechanics. It, it felt like, you know, if the alien sees you, you're fucked. You're just, you just can't do anything. And mm-hmm. so, um, if that game got another shot, another chance, maybe a little more focused, um, could be something special, especially with graphics nowadays. So, that's yeah. kind of the first one I think of. The only the other one I thought of, but I've never actually played this, is Spec Ops The Line. And that's just... Um, that's a third-person shooter from Jaeger back in the day. A lot of people really praise its story. I watched a playthrough of it on YouTube. It was really good, um, but it just kind of tackled a shooter in a different way, where you're actually getting um, a different type of narrative, where maybe I am the bad guy. You do some pretty gnarly things in that game, so that could be something that I think you know could present a different dynamic in in the shooting landscape that we see today, but. Um, I have some other answers for the second part of the
1: question, but I'll, I'll let you get to it, Nick, so i stop <laughs> right. talking. Yeah, I have, I have two answers for this. Uh, the first one is Star Wars Force Unleashed. Uh, this was a much older game, a 360-PS3 era, in which you played as a Jedi with, with unbelievable Force powers. You know, the ability to take a Star Destroyer out of the sky. Wasn't his um, name Starkiller? Uh, yes. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> uh uh, just a, a great idea, you know, giving the player the ability to use the Force in extreme ways. But it was very janky. Uh, I did get a sequel, uh, but they both were just mediocre, buggy games that I, if you could do with today's tech, you know, and I know like a Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor kind of refilling that, but not to the extremes that you can do in that, like for just whipping people around all over the place. But I I think that would be a great series to revisit and a fun idea that could do really well in today's like modern engines so
2: force powers have got to be like in the upper pantheon of like just video game abilities if you could nail it <laughs> right right if you had like everybody loves telepathy i think a control like ripping yeah. ripping yeah, concrete same off thing. Of, yeah same thing right so just yeah. using your mind
1: to cause chaos is always fun yeah sure. so that that definitely deserves it and then this is a guilty pleasure of mine for the next answer and it's the friday the 13th video game uh this was a I forget what the thing, again the term is when there's when there's asymmetrical kind of, yeah asymmetric multiplayer where one person played Jason and then all the cam counselors had to go around and try and you know defeat him by either calling the cops or uh, killing him whatever <laughs> you can defeat him by calling the cops yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. <laughs> you can call the cops and then you can escape when the cops get there and the cops all die <laughs> uh, but it was a very very fun game it was great I played so many so many hours of it but. The Friday the Thirteenth IP is like in legal limbo, so they were just forced to just leave the game entirely. Like they just they went on and made uh, the Predator game, which is not great. And I think I don't know if they're doing the Space Clowns one. Did I they do the Evil Dead? Yes, that's the, that's okay. what they did. The Evil Dead game, yeah. So, but it seems like the Friday the Thirteenth game was the one. They got the vibe, they got the feeling. It's just like they just couldn't work on it anymore, and so yeah. the game is still playable. You can still log in and play the game, but, I mean, it's just it's just dead now. Like, nobody's playing it because it's got no new content updates or anything like that.
2: Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I've never played it personally, so I can't speak to it on that level, but first off, it's Friday the 13th today, so good pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> second off, it's, it seems like one of those games that... Everybody who is into it loves it. And I think of Greg Miller with this game every single time. I feel like he's so tied to this game. He, he would he would sing this game's praises every single time he was on his <laughs> podcast. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if in, in asymmetrical horror, multiplayer games are, are one of the hidden genres of the past five years that have really exploded in popularity, even though yep. they're not discussed a lot. They don't review particularly well. But the people who enjoy it, I think I've heard they're just great games to have a blast with your friends with and yeah. so uh, yeah I mean I, I think if if they could get one of those done right that could be that could be real cool maybe we need a, a Last of Us asymmetrical game where you play as, <laughs> as the
1: uh, a bloater that that, that, could, very actually, well that could actually could be cool <laughs> how I say it. that very well might, might be what it is again yeah. we don't know it anything about that project faction. but that factions, yeah but it uh, very well could be so um, sure alright so let's move on to the second part of his uh, email and it goes to That that led me to think about how in today's digital age there are tons of games which are panned at launch and despite patches are never quite given the second look they may deserve. Days Gone for example was pretty panned for performance issues and bugs but after trying it on PS Plus it morphed into a pretty solid game two years later. I'm not saying it's game of the year or anything groundbreaking, but I don't think it deserves all the hate it received at launch. Games like Cyberpunk 2077 have clearly proven that broken games can be masterpieces after patches. What are some games you think the community is sleeping on should give another try? All right. From Jake. From Jake.
2: you want to go first with this one? you want me
1: to... Uh, show? yeah. I gotta, I, in typical John fashion, I have a, you know, a, a long <laughs> list of things. <laughs> uh yeah i do not have oh i only have i think only one answer for this one okay um and that is uh the pathless uh this was a playstation 5 i don't know if it was launch window i don't know if it was launch day it was actually long launch- i'm gonna check that up keep talking <laughs> i think it was launch day but uh this is a third person uh game that uh has shooting at tied to like your movement and everything um and it was it's just really really good i ended up getting the platinum on it uh yeah, just the, probably a game a lot of people are just overlooked, you know, in that in that window of, you know, PS5 hard uh, software, you know, everyone's trying Spider-Man and Astro's Playroom, but, you know, the, the Artful Escape, or not the Artful Escape, the Pathless, uh, you know, it kind of got overlooked, but a, a great visual game, great game to play and kind of fits that Sony ecosystem of great third person action games
2: yeah it was a launch day title so yep. yeah i think it, it didn't get the shine it deserved but yeah it's it was a good game i played it as well um i didn't get the platinum because i was an idiot and didn't look at a guide like i should have um it but, has
1: one of the worst collectibles
2: yeah it's not great map. but uh yeah <laughs> this it, exist. game's done by a uh, giant squid who did abzu from 2016 so you know they uh they they make artsy games they're very pretty but have a certain aesthetic to them and yeah i think that's a that's a great pick you should check out the pathless. It's probably you can easily get it for under twenty bucks nowadays. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give
1: that give that a little extra shine. But and so I did. I said the artful escape because I wrote that down. But we talked about in this show, so yeah, everyone knows why they should play it. All right, Nick. So I'm going to do
2: my best here. I'm just going to say the game. Say if you like these types of games, play it, and then I'll move on. Okay, so we don't okay. linger too long. Okay. All right. So first and foremost, Rayman Legends. If you like <laughs> if you like platformers. It's fantastic four-player co-op and it's free on extra. All right, Rayman Legends. Do not sleep on that. Um, Thumper. I don't. Do you ever remember Thumper? Uh, yeah, I know what it is. Kay. Thumper is a on-rails music-based game mm-hmm. that it look. You're in this weird fucking roller coaster nightmare thing. It's absolutely bananas. I love rhythm games. It's got a good flow to it. Really cool in VR as well. Um, Danganronpa. I don't want to speak more on it. We've talked about it on the show in the past. Great, great game. Visual novel. Don't sleep on it. The Messenger, you know, uh, I've talked about that on the show as well. Free on Extra, incredible uh, 8 bit and 16 bit um, Metroidvania style game that everybody should play. Ghost Runner, another game on Extra. Um, This game kind of, I think, slipped under a lot of people's radar. Um, but every single person that plays it, I think really digs it. It's, it's fast, it's fun, it's very, it's one of those kind of, you gotta get through a level, kill all the enemies, and, and if they can get you once, you're dead. So you kind of just keep restarting and restarting, but that game's super fun. Um, what Remains of Edith Finch is, I don't think, an underappreciated game, but it's one that is also available on Extra and anybody who hasn't played that game. Uh, it's very quick. I actually, we'll talk about it later. But I actually got the platinum in one sitting last night in about two hours. Um, and it's the second time I played that game, but I forgot how like kind of special it really is. It's a very very good game. And then lastly, I just want to highlight two developers that I think a lot of people sleep on. Um, and one of them has I think a little bit of a, you know, they've been popular in the past year because they released a big game for PS5. But uh, that's Housemark, who made Returnal. And I think Housemark is. Has been an incredible developer for a long, long, long time, and seems that a lot of people don't know their previous games. So if you liked Returnal, if you like arcade games, fast games, games with very, very tight controls, you can really look at any one of their games in the past, but I want to highlight especially uh, Alien Nation, which is free on Extra. Fantastic twin stick shooter, one of the most fun trophy lists I've ever done, and it even has one where you have to like get to level 30 without dying once, which is kind of an annoying trophy. It took me a while, but I enjoyed every second of it. Um, and then Rezogun, which uh, was a PlayStation 4 launch title. Again, it's not really a sleeper game, but it's just one of those games that I think anybody who's never played it, uh, it's free on extra. I don't know if I already said that, but go back, give it a shot. Ton of fun, ton of replayability. I guarantee you won't regret it. And then the other developer I wanted to put a little bit of shine on is Vanillaware. And they haven't really done anything lately. The most recent game they have is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, which Nick and I both played. And it was actually really, really good. It's, It's a narrative game first and foremost where you kind of... You're you're going through a story as, I want to say, 12 different characters who are kind of experiencing their own thing. And then you'll go back into this grid-based battle system, do a battle, get a little bit more story, then transfer to probably a different character's perspective and go through their story. And it kind of bounces back and forth. It spans a lot of different time. But it's one of the cooler sci-fi stories uh, Mm -hmm. I've played in a while. And I I know you like that game as well, right, Nick? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's very good. The art is great. Uh, Yeah, it presents a very interesting sci-fi story that kind of has a mystery that you're learning throughout. Uh, And interesting enough, you can choose who you want to play as most of the time. Like, just, oh, I want to continue this narrative because I found it interesting, uh, which is fun. And then, yeah, people kind of or we're down on that like the mech strategy part because it's kind of very simple interface but i actually kind of enjoyed it it was yeah it was one of
2: those kind of like laid back like i never felt threatened by the enemy but right. like every once in a while you would have uh one of your sentinels on the map you're like i'm gonna fuck you up yeah and like yeah you just have some nonsense <laughs> like some insane and actually now that i'm thinking about i'm kind of getting a little nostalgic for that that fighting was actually kind of fun um <laughs> Yeah, so like super unique game. Like Nick said, the art style, like VanillaWare. If you look up their games, they have a, they for sure have a theme, and um, busty women is definitely one of them. So you know, go <laughs> know that going into it. But VanillaWare is pretty awesome. And then the, the other two games that I would say to check out is Dragon's Crown and Odin Sphere. Um, those games are great, but again, don't play it around your parents, <laughs> um, and
1: don't feel too pervy. They're great. That's, they that's, play great. That's funny. They're I fun. bounced off of Dragon's Crown. I didn't like Dragon's yeah. Crown. Well, you're silly. And I think uh, that Muramasa, the Demon Blade, is a, a crying shame that that there's another console-locked game on the Wii. Like It has not been on any other platform yet. I don't... Yeah. That's, that's they're a weird arm.
2: developer, man. Vanillaware, is, it's... I don't know. I don't know what their their history is, what their deal is, like, right. <laughs> they just, they don't really, aren't attached to any big publisher like right. <laughs> a lot of these teams are, they don't get a lot of shine when their games come out, but the people that dig them usually are aware that, like, there's another one coming. Like, I'm, I know I'll have my eye on the next VanillaWare game that's announced. Well, they're re-releasing Grim Grimoire. Sure. I want a new thing, though. Uh, and I've never, I, don't, I don't know. Isn't that a weird, It's like a weird card game or something? It's a strategy
1: game. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're – they're again, yeah, they're definitely a hidden developer that releases quality games, hand-drawn games all the time. Yeah. You know, they got to they gotta quite they, – they haven't seen the miss, it seems. Yeah. So, um,
2: I have a couple extra, but I think that's a good list for people. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, don't sleep on, on this kind of stuff. I, I see it far too often, and I know it's not our audience, Nick, but just the people who just – you know, my my friend. I think of my friend Brian all the time. He he's my Rocket League buddy. We have a lot of fun playing it. But like, if it's a bad night of Rocket League, he'll just be like, "Well, I guess I'm not playing games today. And I'm like, "Dude, like just just try something. <laughs> just just try it. Give right. it give it thirty minutes. Right. Maybe you'll find something you love. Maybe yeah. you'll hate it, and you can move on. And you just had thirty minutes of your time wasted, and as opposed to you know finding something to watch on Netflix."
1: But right. And and and. To, to tease our next topic, you know, the PlayStation Plus Extra is just full of games to try. Like, yeah. I was just reading a Polygon article about like oh, the the top games in there, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, all these are bangers. Yeah. You know, Hollow Knight is in there. Returnal is in there. All these all these studios and games that we're excited for are all in PlayStation Plus Extra. You play a f- flat free flat fee, and then you can play any of these games. So yeah, it's just. My brother in law
2: literally got the Ragnarok bundle today.
0: Oh, did it? And that was the first <laughs> thing I told
2: him I was like, do not buy anything else, subscribe to Extra, look through it, and then figure out what you wanna do. Because right. if I was a person getting a PS five and like maybe <laughs> I didn't didn't have the PS4 generation like he he did not have it oh I, like, I, I can't imagine <laughs> like you just that's overwhelming it would be it would be absolutely overwhelming <laughs> but uh, lots and lots of yeah lots of good value there alright
1: well thanks for writing in Jake we appreciate you even though you're a platinum trophy whore. <laughs> you know, we um, love you. You're I'm
2: gonna, gonna try and keep you in check, but <laughs> Nick doesn't think I can do it, so we'll, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely update people on the show as far as uh, yeah. where that's going. But uh, let's move on to the next topic. Sure.
2: Uh, so we got our playstation plus extra games and premium games announced so this is the second and third tier of the playstation plus um service that we all probably have i imagine anybody listening to the show has some version of that so uh just want to kind of go over all of that of course so um first and foremost coming to playstation 4 and playstation 5 uh, we have back for blood which is a 2021 game from Turtle rock studios uh who are the makers of the incredibly popular left for dead franchise um you know it that that game, those games took this took the world by storm. If you had friends and you had an Xbox 360, you were playing that those games. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. is another four player co op game, uh, which we don't get a lot of that stuff nowadays. But um, you know, so definitely check that out if you're interested in you know friend co op zombie type games. The next up we have the early 2018 PS4 release, Dragon Ball Fighters from Arc System Works. Uh, they are the makers of the Guilty Gear fighting franchise, which honestly it's probably risen to like the cream of the crop when it comes to just quality fighting teams out there mm-hmm. so you know that you're getting something good I, I believe I didn't look it up but I believe this got like an 88 on Metacritic Metacritic very well received yeah. um, but it's Marvel Capcoms Marvel vs Capcom style where you kind of get a team of three uh, have them bounced in and out and uh, yeah it looks beautiful it looks just like the show um, so check that out. And then next to round off what I would probably consider the big three games of the month and probably the one I'm most excited for. Um, you know, I'm excited to jump back into the 2019 release from Capcom, Devil May Cry 5. Uh, and this is the special edition version for PS5. So just to get it out there, unfortunately, if you do not have a PS5 yet, this is not the version that is playable on PS4. So you would need to upgrade to a PlayStation 5 to play it, but uh, not a big deal as you know, I think Jim Ryan's making it pretty aware. PS5s are kind of available now. So hopefully you found one if you've been looking for one. Um,
1: but you're going to play any of those those three, Nick, do you think? Uh, yes, definitely uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Um, it's been a long time since i played a Devil May Cry game. I kind of somehow missed this one. And, well, geez, what a huge game to get on this platform. I, I know the game is a, a few years old, but... This is this is one of the biggest games they put on here. Um, yeah, Back for Blood. I was one of those people that played so much Left for Dead. I love it, and it was kind of excited for this, but then it came out and just fell flat. Like it has a card system that nobody liked. Uh, I heard the progression sucked. It didn't have the same uh, multiplayer mode that was in Left for Dead. Uh, where you had to try and play through an entire level with human playing the enemies, uh, it doesn't have that mode at all, which I think is a huge misstep. Um, I've heard this next to
2: impossible by yourself too. Like it's not balanced very well. Yeah,
1: so I'm I'm staying away from that. And uh, fighting games aren't for me. True. So. Sure. Yep. No, I,
2: I'm kind of with you. I played I played Devil May Cry 5 when it came out. It's great. Um, so I'm kind of actually excited to jump back into that one. I don't know if I'll beat it again, but see what the updates look like. See if, you know, how sense you know, uh, additions are added to it. But um, fun game no, no matter what. And then additionally, we get a couple more smaller games. We are getting the OG uh, Life is Strange game developed by Dontnod, released in 2015, uh, as well as the 2017 DLC Before the Storm. Separate game. Separate game entirely. Yep. you're getting you're getting both. Yeah. Sorry, I guess sta- standalone DLC is probably <laughs> what I should have said. The Standalone DLC, uh, and that one actually came from Deck Nine, so that was a different uh, team that did that one. But I never played it. Heard it was also pretty much just as good if you like those kind of yeah, games.
1: Yeah, these are these both are my favorite. Uh, telltale, you know, story based games. Like both of these games are excellent. I love them both.
2: Yeah. I I, I really both. liked the uh, the. The original Life is Strange. Played it with my wife. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, but
1: Life is Strange Before the Storm is a prequel. But you play as Chloe, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not voiced by Ashley Burst this time. Dumb. Probably. Uh, All right. And then just to kind
2: of round it off, we're getting some smaller titles. Uh, We're getting Jet the Far Shore coming to PS4 and PS5. Uh, We are getting open world action game Just Cause 4. Uh, We are getting the peaceful slash dreamy 2001 puzzle platformer Omno, which I'd never heard of, Nick. But like I looked at the reviews, it's just straight eights across the board. Like it seems (laughs) like it's a non-offensive kind of dreamy journey-esque type game. So if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, and also it's uh, developed by one guy, which I always like and then we're getting 2019 FMV game Erica from FlavorWorks, uh, And that's everything we're getting from extra and then on the premium side We're actually getting a trio of ps1 games this month uh, Syphon Filter 3 Star Wars Demolition which seems to be Star Wars take on Twisted Metal and then Hot Shots Golf 2 all ps1 games, so hopefully that uh, Still Seems like they're not the PS1 games people are wanting, right? I don't know what's going on with that. Like, why have you guys not released the games you own, like, onto this service yet? But,
1: uh, well, I think you know, it's funny on all three of these games, they mention how they're in these are all enhanced. That could be what they have to wait for is they have all these, like, it says on under each one, this version is enhanced with up rendering, rewind, quick save, and custom vid- video filters. It's possible that that development time has to apply to every game so that's why we're just not getting like a big bum rush of ps1 games sure i i could see that but like focus on the
2: siphon filter <laughs> one first then <laughs> and i think siphon filter is a bad example i want to say that's already on there but like I don't know.
1: Yeah, in the Focus catalog... Focus on Twisted the catalog Metal of, 2, yeah, the catalog not of like Star Wars games.
2: Demolition. So if you do have to go in and do extra work, that's fine. There's, There's got to be some reason. I just... Yeah.
1: I don't think they're i for trying to not just, provide these games. I mean, it's free money, you know. Like once, it's
2: just wild, man. Extra is and like an A, A plus to me, and premium is like a D. <laughs> I, I don't understand the disconnect, but luckily for me, I'm not a premium kind of guy.
1: Oh, there is more features to premium just yeah, than yeah, just the I,
2: games, yeah. but as opposed to extra, but it doesn't equate to the price increase to me but uh but yeah so that's what that's all we got i think it's a pretty good month actually you know in
1: terms of the through the roof of phenomenal
2: yeah you know i mean you know a little bit of little bit for everybody you get a fighting game you get a action plan or an action game with devil may cry you get a first person shooter you get some story games with life is strange you know they really checked a lot of boxes uh this month yeah why why buy new games Uh, (laughs) dude i'm i'm legit like (laughs) i actually unsubscribed Uh, the other day and like I still have it through the end of March because I'm just like I have so many games that I own still that I haven't like (laughs) it's almost more mentally okay for me to know that like okay I don't have to worry about this if I want to resubscribe at any point in the future I can but uh, yeah like you know I might might go a couple months without it because Uh, like it's just there's so there's so much it's intimidating
1: yeah I wonder if they're gonna do another new game in timing with this again like they did with Stray like we had not had a Stray equivalent since so that's interesting that it just has not come up yet, and I wonder if this year... I could year see, like, it, you know, it's, it's
2: shockingly quiet and, and absent from a lot of things, but I could see, like, Little Devil Inside being that kind of
1: thing. Yeah, one of, a lot of those games that have been featured on, yeah, like, the, what's that that Seasons one? Yeah, that's, that, been yeah, featured that's Donald, a good a one. A lot one. of these that people are probably not going to pay for Seasons, sorry. That game just right. doesn't look like a game right. that's going to be very hot, but you throw it on here... And then you get a lot more people playing yeah. it. So yeah, I wonder if that's that's, that's a good happen, guess. But cool, cool, cool. Okay. Alrighty, let's move on to the next topic. John, what's your next one? Alright.
2: So we actually got a pretty decent um unveiling of a new Sony uh accessory, and this one's pretty cool. Um so I'm curious what you think about it, Nick. But we got on January 4th. Uh, From the PlayStation blog, they said, We are introducing Project Leonardo for PlayStation 5, which is a highly customizable accessibility controller kit. Mm -hmm. This thing is wild looking. Have you ever seen anything look like this? (laughs) No. It's wild. Not at all. So I just want to kind of go through, I'm just going to read from the blog post directly since they can explain it better than I can. Um, Accessibility is an important topic to us at PlayStation and we want to continue raising the bar to enable every gamer to experience the joy of play. Whether it's the robust accessibility options in PlayStation Studio games like Sony Santa Monica's God of War Ragnarok or Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part 1. Or the wide array of features in our PS4 and PS5 console UI. We are passionate about reducing barriers to play for every gamer. Today at CES, we announced the next steps in our journey to make gaming more accessible. Project Leonardo for PlayStation 5. Developed with key contributions from accessibility experts, community members, and game developers, Project Leonardo is our code name for a new, highly customizable controller kit that works out of the box to help many players with disabilities play games more easily, more comfortably, and for longer periods of time. So... Yeah, this is like, you know, anybody familiar with the Xbox accessibility controller that came out, I think like four or five years ago, it's a Mm -hmm. controller that's designed specifically for those of us that, you know, maybe can't play comfortably or, you know, straight up people who have had, you know, they've lost a hand, they've, you know, have cerebral palsy, they can't hold a controller for long periods of time comfortably. This thing looks to hopefully ameliorate a lot of those in, uh, those individual uh, barriers that, that a lot that a lot of us unfortunately have to deal with. And Nick and I are fortunate that we don't have to, but I don't see how this could be seen as anything but a slam dunk in terms of just something that needs to happen, something that, um, you know, is only going to benefit the wide range of players that want to play games. And um, I'm all for it. I mean, what, what are your kind of, you know,
1: initial impressions on this thing? Nick? Yeah, this was probably the best announcement to come out of the uh, computer electronics show from Sony. And just out of nowhere, like this was not nobody's radar. Um, and it was co- accompanied by a very cool video of all the people that are contributing to this. And uh, yeah, like you said, this is a wild looking controller and it's gonna have its own interface on the PlayStation 5, uh, it's just, I mean more people playing games like we love this hobby obviously mm. <laughs> you know and I I just hate to think about like I can't like I can't do it because of a disability and if this changes that like that's it's a slam dunk and it's very cool that Sony who has kind of been kind of absent outside of VR mm-hmm. uh, like toying around with hardware and controllers to within like the past <laughs> 6 months getting the DualSense Edge and now Project Leonardo like I mean we're just like so close to getting the PlayStation controller uh, design lab. Right. The one thing that I love that Xbox does. And this is cool. I, I, yeah, this is just out of nowhere and just a, a fun announcement. There's there's nothing bad that you can say about this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So just to kind of try and I'll do my best to describe this thing. Um, but it, it kind of looks like a disc or it's a disc, right? With it seems to be eight separate spots around the circle where you can plug in and plug out different, I guess we'll call them buttons, that you can customize to match any, any specific button you want, whether you want this to be the L1, the X, the triangle, it doesn't matter. Um, and it goes as far as to have looks like two buttons can be joined together so if there's you know specific games where um, you need to hit two buttons at the same time it makes that a little bit easier um, you can attach a fighting stick controller or think like a pac-man style um, movement controller along the outside so that you can move have movement that way you can pair these things with your dual sense or pair them with another ex- you know an extra uh, project leonardo kit as well to really adapt and, and configure it the way you want they really thought about the customizable piece of this Um, and I think you know like like we have already said it's can't be seen as anything except a win Um, and you know highly customizable like I've already said uh, pretty cool pretty cool piece of tech man that uh, I don't know you know they haven't said anything about pricing announcement of when it's coming or anything like that but I'm sure that we'll we'll get a lot more information about this soon. It seems like something that they're probably getting ready to roll out this. I would bet fall. It's right. probably if I were to just be a betting man. Um, but yeah, I, I think it looks sweet. And I kind of had a thought, Nick, and you know just to bounce this off of you. Do you think that there's any possibility that this thing can be used in the future for? non-disabled gamers and I, I know what I mean by that is like I know they're not going to come out and be like hey look what else you can do with this sorry you know we didn't do this for you to dis- you know disabled <laughs> gamers that would be a very bad optics but like looking at it it seems like maybe there could be some use for a fighting stick, or you know, controlling an old arcade game, or a uh, you know, like a um, Rezogun style flying game. Like I don't know. Do you think that there's any possibility
1: for anything like that? I don't. By looking at it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I do to, to see it in action to, to be able to make like that kind of determination. But if, in in theory, if it, like again, I you know if if you're again just like the dual sense edge if you're trying to get like that kind of edge on the game like you know half second between button presses because Mm -hmm. now the triangle button's closer to this button or whatever you know uh that's definitely possible but uh yeah without uh, looking at it i don't see but yeah you know it's, it's, it's possible
2: yeah i wonder if they'll eventually try to try to position it in that way but yeah so project leonardo um pretty cool stuff man yeah Can't complain about it. Nobody can complain about it. Don't complain about it.
1: (laughs) Or John will get you. I will find you. All right. So let's move on to the games we've been playing. We haven't talked about those in a few weeks. Mm. And uh, before we get into it, it's time to reveal my neon white story. Mm. Yes. So... As you heard in our 2022 wrap-up episode, Neon White was my indie game of the year. I loved that game so, so much. So you may be wondering, why isn't Nick playing it anymore? Why didn't you beat it, Nick? Yeah, why didn't didn't I beat it? And uh, so this is what happened. Um, In Neon White, when you first launch the game, it tries to play, it plays this anime cutscene, you skip that, and then you have a menu, and it's usually continue new game options. Uh, with it highlighted on continue, you hit that, you're right in the game, seamless. Uh, one night, I go to launch the game, and I'm used to just hitting X repeatedly, and I hit X on just new game, because that was the only option there. <laughs> so, freaking out, I instantly closed the game. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, what is going on? Relaunch the game, same thing. All right, let me go check my cloud saves. Now the feeling in your stomach starts to <laughs> churn, yeah. starts to go, oh no. Yeah. Uh, and then I go to check my cloud saves, and I was disheartened when I saw the cloud save time was the exact same time I was looking at it. Uh, so I knew I was in a fucked position. Um, I really haven't had to back- go and grab saves very often. Uh, unless it's like a game i had on my ps4 and i need to bring that save down because i didn't transfer my data Uh, but cloud saves don't offer versions which is a huge bummer crazy Um, so you can't go back and get older saves you know the save that happened yesterday or the you know the day before or whatever um it's just there in case you know you lose your console you have all your saves you know they're there but once you have a bork save and that bork save uploads back up into the cloud you know, you're know you screwed. Both saves are borked. Game over. You have to start all over. And um, where I was at in Neon White was was very sad. Uh, there's 12 <laughs> missions in the game. I was at the end of mission 10. Up until that point, I have aced, which means I've gotten the best time and got the, all the collectibles up until that point. And when Nick says missions, each mission has about 10 sub-missions. Yeah, yeah. So
2: he had done aces on a good 80, 85 levels.
1: Yeah, I think I was ranked 20. So, yeah, I think I had done like 80 levels or something. So, you know, to my dismay, I was not in a good mood about that. I immediately texted John. (laughs) Unbelievable, man. And uh, come to find out, I'm not the only one. Um, So other people have run into this issue before where the save just goes and uh maybe there will be a time where i'll be like oh, i'll check back on neon white but um not 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 now i won't i won't go back and try and make up all those hours in time now what did we learn what it's not hammer x on the menus <laughs> make, i don't let's make sure we know what we're hitting <laughs> i have to shame him a little bit folks i'm sorry And I have been gaming for a long time, 30 plus years. Sure, I've only had a bork save one other time for Okami on the PlayStation 3. Uh, So. John's little <laughs> life lesson. It's Fuck like, you. Yeah. Who cares? It never happens like this. This never no. happens. And I and I 100% believe it was borked before that. Like I said, the option was not there. Right. It wasn't like I accidentally hit down and hit new game. So the that means you gone.
2: closed the game during a save, Nick. It's obviously your fault. No, I think yeah, it, it was. Uh, done, yeah. So we work. We work in IT. We know technology. Just sometimes, just you know. <laughs> Yeah. It wants to it wants to hurt us.
1: Yeah, so so i am hugely bummed, but you know, I'm over it now. Um, the platinum for that game looks horrendous, so I don't think I was ever gonna do that. And I just ended up watching the ending on YouTube, so Oh no, did you? So it's not, not not the end of the world, so um, you it know. will be when I get the platinum in it, though. <laughs> Good luck. Yep. It is one of those, you know, Cuphead, Hades, Returnal, yeah. you know, platinums that you can just be like, yeah, I got that one. Hades isn't too bad. You should go back and get that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that ended that my time with that. And then uh, again, as John and I point out, like buying physical games is the way to go uh, because I saw that GameStop was doing a 30% extra on trade-ins toward pre-orders. So I'm like, oh, I got a war, I'm done. I got the platinum, I can bring that in. And I got $46 for it. Very nice, well done. <laughs> so I used that to, to buy uh, Jedi Survivor. And then while I was there, Marvel's Midnight Suns was already $20 off. It's sitting at $49.99. And I had been on such a big Marvel kick lately that I was like,
2: <laughs> "Lately,
1: <laughs> his entire life, <laughs> yeah, yeah." yeah. Uh, so I was like, "You know what? Now's the time. Like, there's just this empty window of time. Like, let's let's check in, and I, you know, I can bring it to the podcast." So I purchased Marvel's Midnight Sun, a game that, again, I was like, every time I see this game, I I get less and less interested. Uh, but I am enjoying it so far. So, Marvel's Midnight Sun came out on December 2nd, 2022. It is from Firaxis Games and 2K, makers of the XCOM series. Uh, It is currently sitting at an 83 on OpenCritic. In the game, you play as the hunter, the Ooh. son or daughter of the big bad guy of the story, Lilith, who's well. also from Diablo 4. <laughs> <laughs> she, came, she came into this world.
2: Yeah, I mean, who did Lilith <laughs> piss off in the video game industry?
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, you can customize your hero, so that's why son or daughter, you're, you can pick all the options. Um, and then. You're always a girl in games, right? The, no, oh, no, I, no okay. it depends. Okay. This one, I'm a guy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just wherever the wind blows, I yeah. guess. I, pretty much, if, if I can't create a character that I like looking at, I usually switch genders and then go from there. Sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, um, so, Hydra resurrects Lilith. So, the Midnight Suns, uh, who is uh, Blade, Ghost Rider, Magic, resurrect you, the Hunter, and so you're battling Hydra and other big Marvel bad guys alongside, you know, the Mar- the Midnight Suns, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Captain America, Wolverine, etc. cetera. Um, right off the bat, this has to be one of the ugliest games I've ever played. Yeah. Like visually, it looks horrible, like all around. It's just not appealing. It's like they just they're using the same engine that they've used in the previous XCOM titles, which are years and years old. And it just it just it's horrible. Horrible to look at all the time. The characters' faces, you know, if you're not zoomed out on the, the grid battlefield, it's like, ugh. You told me that, and I had I went and immediately looked up
2: the <laughs> final boss because I'm, you know, I'm never I'm never gonna play this. It, he's not lying, guys. Like go look at the and for me, at least it was the faces. Like yes, I didn't really try really to take in the environments or anything. I was shocked. <laughs> they look like Xbox 360, and I'm not exaggerating. Yeah,
1: like, yeah. It, it is. It is not a pretty game. And uh, this is how kind of the game plays. Is like you're on a battlefield. You're, you have that isometric view. Uh, you have three heroes, and each three each hero brings eight cards per hero, and those are edit- editable decks. And you know you unlock new cards as you progress through the game, and then each turn you can play. Three cards. You can move a hero once, or you can interact with the environment. You can throw bricks at guys, uh, push them down cliffs, all kinds of things. Um, and positioning kind of does matter because you can knock enemies into other enemies. You want you want to get them closer to the explosive barrels and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that that part is very very fun. Like I, the more and more cards I got, the more and more I liked it. Um, especially when you get away from like the base heroes, Some, the, the new heroes they introduce are cool, and every hero is different. They kind of serve a different role uh, in your deck and on the field. Um, but it does have this like very monotonous gameplay loop. So after you get out of a mission, it is nighttime, and at nighttime... It's time to talk to people. It's time to fuck. <laughs> it's time to talk and it's time to do clubs and all that stuff and explore the Abbey grounds because your home base is this giant customizable grounds with mysteries on it that you can explore, that you can you know, hang out with your other uh, members. You can hang out with Spider-Man, you can hang out with Iron Man. And you do all that stuff. And again, the ugly faces, you see so much of that because you're talking all the time. There are dialogue options. You're getting relationship points with one person. Uh, You're getting lighter, dark points based on decisions you make. Um, And you do all that at night. Well, then you go to bed. And then daytime comes up. And this is where you can talk more. Oh, God. (laughs) You can talk. You invite people to hang out. You want to go painting with Captain America? Nope. Uh, You can go painting with Captain America because you want to raise that friendship level. Nope. Um, And this is where you can do research. You can give out gifts. uh, You can upgrade cards and do unlocks. You can do training. You can send uh, your fellow members on solo missions where they're going to come back and bring more resources or cards for you. And then after all that, you go to the mission table. And you can pick a story mission or you can do another side mission. And whether you do either of those things, the loop starts back. So you can't be like, okay, I did a mission. Now i just, I just want to go do another mission. Mm-hmm. I just want to knock out like four missions in a row. It's like, nope, nope. You're coming back. It's nighttime. Start that loop all over again. What would
2: you say is the average time of a, <laughs> of a card battle and the average time of the night day, night day cycle? Like how often, How much are you in fighting and how much are you out
1: depends, of it? depends because obviously those things will vary on what you've unlocked and where you are at in the story. Uh, but I'd say probably, yeah, you're looking like 20 to 30 minutes.
2: 20, 30, like a 20 to 30 minute fight and then 20 to 30 minutes?
1: No, well, just like a combination of everything. Okay. And, and this is me like... So, like when, the day cycle. Sorry, okay. the writings. You know, I love comic books and all that, but I just cannot care about the writing it's very cheesy. It's very bad. Yeah. Uh, I cannot stand this version of Tony Stark. He is the utter worst. <laughs> and so I am skipping a lot. I'm skip, skips skip, skip, and it's still 20 to 30 minutes. And like I said, that's if you just want to do a side mission. Right. You're still coming out and doing those things because you have to. You want to because friendship levels, you know, unlock uh, passive gameplay abilities. And research gets you more things on in the Abbey Grounds that help make your characters be better and helps heal them faster, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's that loop that's just like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Persona's
2: not for you. Because like, it, it, a lot of this reminds me of Persona, yeah. right? I think that's probably or the Fire most Emblem direct comparison. Yeah. And, and I that's how I felt with, you know, I played probably 10 hours of Persona 4, fell off of it on my Vita, tried Persona 5, fell off of it after about 10 hours because... Yeah, every single time I wanted to just do more dungeons and, and battles, and I had to pick if I wanted to go to the arcade with Ryuji or An. And I'm like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to go with either of them. I want right. to, I want to play the game, and I understand that that is the game, right? In Persona, right. it's just as important to build these relationships and go to school and study or whatever you want to do. It's just, yeah, it, it. it Got a little tiring after doing that every day, every day, yep. every day, yep. and yeah, you know, I always had this feeling of FOMO too, where it's like, do you want to spend time with Wolverine or Iron Man? It's like, well, which one's gonna give me a cooler ability? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, so yeah. I don't, I don't know, and it's just it creates this this cycle of. Uh, not feeling good about playing something like yeah. that so yeah
1: and, and i'm definitely gravitating toward the the heroes i like playing as and so you got cyclops uh, wolverine and <laughs> i wish cyclops was in the game oh he's not no he's not um. oh another, another funny thing about this game is it has a store and that's like the first thing you can you see when you launch the game is like oh new i new costumes in the store for your ugly characters um and I was just like I click on it and it just spoils like every playable character <laughs> that's going to be on your party so <laughs> so I know I know which other heroes I will be in my party because so if you, if you don't if you want to know if you want if you don't want to know and you want it to be a mystery like who's playable in the game don't be able to buy anything? Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't don't buy anything. <laughs> Sorry, just don't just go ignore into, this just don't, portion of the game. Yeah, just ignore the story. But I thought I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, okay, I, I'm gonna have that character. Oh, cool! I can be the Punisher later. Great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but that being said, I I am still enjoying it. I I'm kind of like you know I just don't play it in very large large chunks. It'll be like you know maybe two or three of that that cycle, and then I'm just like. I'll put it down. Kind of, kind of a lot like neon white. It's like huh. you just don't, you can't. It's hard to play long periods of time huh. uh, with it. So, so I've been enjoying it. It's kind of filling my time as uh, we get here to more. Uh, it, PlayStation Plus extra games.
2: If we see it, and it's unlikely that we do because apparently sales are pretty soft. But if there was a Marvel's Midnight Suns two, are you buying it?
1: <laughs> uh, As of now, you know, in opinion, I would you? really hope that they would. They really need to get away from whatever this engine is they're using. Sure. They that that they need to. And I think this is on last gen consoles too. But maybe uh, the way it looks, I it
2: fucking better
0: be. <laughs> I was just but, wild to think but, that but, versus, like, Horizon. They,
1: that is, hopefully that is what their focus is on. because the, Yeah, it is. Okay. It's even on Switch. Okay, so, yeah, so they just need to, like, focus on a new engine, focus on, you know, current-gen consoles and PC, and, yeah, I, I'd be there. Okay. I'd I, I, I prefer it to be, like, you know, just X-Men, like be at right. Xavier's school and everything else. Then I'd be in, like, a thousand times over. See, it seems um, like a better fit. yeah. So, Cause like, that is like this. Is, you know, that is you can approach like we're students, we're young
2: kids, we're trying to figure out what we're like in the social environments, we're yeah. trying to, you know, learn our powers. That seems, yeah, it seems a better fit than like, you know, here's Doctor Strange and hanging out with Peter Parker, who's yeah. hanging out with, <laughs> you know, Scarlet Witch. It's like, what are you, right. why,
1: why are you guys here? You're all, yeah. you know, uh, those are the big names right now, you know, they're, sure. they're in the MCU, so it makes sense, but uh, for sure, but yeah, if you, if you, if persona was your thing fire emblem was your thing uh card games are your thing uh, this is definitely uh, the great game and um yeah i'm gonna continue playing it so it'll it'll be back fair i'll on. have some final thoughts have you looked at it. the
2: trophy list is that a possible or no
1: there's a lot of hidden trophies i don't think you can because i think there's a trophy for maxing out the friendship for every oh, character God. yeah okay and i don't think that's possible in one playthrough so <laughs> okay, fair. and there's no way i'd play through this game twice it's just too long yeah no too much time taken so yeah, that's my experience with Midnight Suns. And I will uh, talk about the other game we've been playing, the other card game, and that is Inscription. Uh, this is from Daniel Mullen Games and Devolver Digital. It released on October 19, 2021, where it was nominated for quite a few, uh, I believe, Best Indie Game, Best Strategy Sim Game. And then it came last year to PS5, PS4 on August thirtieth, 2022, uh, it is currently sitting on an 86 on Open Critic. and I'm going to divide this discussion into two parts. Cool. <laughs> uh, the first part is how the game plays, and then the second part, the weird world around it, that's, that is definitely the highlight of the game. So this is kind of how the game is. It is a roguelike deck builder in which you move up a map, And you have choices to how where you want to go, and most of the choices just determine how you want to upgrade your deck. Um, And then when you're in a game, the game is divided into four lanes. And if there's nothing in front of the if you play a card and there's nothing in front of you, you attack the other person. If there is a monster or animal in front of you, you attack that first. And you play cards by sacrificing other cards. So if you want to play a 1 1 wolf you have to sacrifice a squirrel. So you have to play a squirrel first, sacrifice a squirrel, then you can play the wolf. And when you say
2: 1-1, one, one, That's like, like, what does that mean?
1: One one attack, one health. Okay. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, and bigger, better things require more sacrifices, you know? So if you wanna play a bear, you're gonna have to sacrifice three different things. So you're gonna make sure you have three things on the board before you sacrifice it. And this is the part of the game that I do not like at all. It is very frustrating. And the first part is it is because your opponent, Leshy, the guy you're playing, he doesn't have to follow these rules. He just puts things on the board willy-nilly, you know, so he doesn't have to sacrifice units. He can just flood your board. And if you don't have a good starting hand, and I forgot to say, like, you have a choice at the beginning. You either draw a playable uh, card that fights or you draw a squirrel, which squirrels you need to sacrifice the play cards. You have to make that choice right at the beginning.
2: Squirrels are always free. You don't have to kill anybody for, for a squirrel.
1: Yeah, yeah. squirrels get on the board for free. So so yeah, so you have to like do this micromanaging of, well, should I get a squirrel or should I get a guy? Or I don't have any guys, but I I need to draw a guy, but then I draw a guy and I don't have a squirrel. So then I'm just stuck. Right. And this thing's beating the shit out of me. And you only have, I think, six health either way. So if the enemy attacks you and does 2 damage, you're at negative 2. But if you attack and do 3, then he's at negative 1, and you're you're good. You're, like, healed up. So it's just a scale. Yeah, it's literally like the justice
2: system scale. Yeah, you know, it's it like is health. literally and Whichever there. way it's leading, you know, it, that's what indicates health.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I don't know, I just find that very frustrating from a gameplay perspective. Uh, because when you, if you die at a boss, you have to restart all over. And if you die twice on the field... You have to restart all over, and I especially the bosses just dying once and you're done is just it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, how far how far did you make it, Nick? Like, so the game is divided into acts. I made it to the final boss in this act. Okay. Leshy himself. Okay. So I, I've,
2: I'm also very limitedly limited playing this game. <laughs> um, I've purchased it. I've played. I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. So it's hard for me to have a lot of formed opinions on it. But I will say I was very excited to play this game. I like meta style things, things that, you know, Doki Doki Literature Club. And um, mm-hmm. what's the other big one that I can't, this escaping me at the top of the, I can't think of it right now. But, you know, things where it's like the game is not what it seems, right? Right. We're going so we, to get to that part. Right. I know <laughs> we will. But um, yeah, so it's, it's hard for me to evaluate the game on a card level one thing I am interested in is, though, is is a lot of different roguelikes. Like, if you're experienced in the roguelike genre, which you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, you're not really. You're kind of like you know, Returnal, Hades. That's kind of about it, right? Yeah. Right. right. And so, um, like, just
1: recently introduced. So that's yeah. I mean, that's within the last. And <laughs> I lo-
2: roguelikes are one of my favorite genres, and and so sometimes when you play through one of those, the games are almost designed for you to kind of get your shit kicked in a couple times, and so mm-hmm. you know it. it there's, there's many different types of roguelikes, but one of the big defining characteristics of them is, like, do I just level up while on my playthrough, or is there a way to increase my overall level after a playthrough and then, like, go into the next one slightly, slightly stronger? And I feel like this might be in that second camp where... Part of the game, for better or for worse, is kind of getting your shit kicked in until you're able to get your deck into a position where the first world is really nothing. And you're kind of, you know, think Hades, right? Like, the first couple of times you get against Meg, you get your shit kicked in. It's hard as hell. By the time you're getting to the final act in that game, you don't even think about her. Yeah, of course. And so, like, there might be that battle, but, like, I I do, yeah, I will admit if that's, like, the frustration, it's not really great design. If, If, like... You know, and if if they don't have to follow your rules, or your the or the rules that have been established, it's yeah, it just leads to frustration.
1: Yeah, and it's and it swings both ways. Um, I had this card card Mantis God, and he would attack three lanes. Uh, and he starts off as a one-one, so he does three damage right at the start, and he only costs one sacrifice. I got him up to four. So if I played him on the first turn, I win. Like I right. just, I, it's just over, you know. Or and then with bosses, there's multiple phases, so it just wins that first phase. Uh, so it does swing both ways, but it feels bad when the enemy floods the board and you're playing optimally. you mm-hmm. you made all the right choices. This is how you can get the most cards on the, the field, and it's nowhere close. They just flood you too fast, and it's just over in an instance. And I, it just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I stopped playing the game. I did enough runs, and I was just like, I think I failed on, like, I don't know how many I did, but I failed on another one. I only made it to the final guy once. And I fucked it up. As we'll get into the the meta behind it, the outer world around the card game. Uh, and I just, I just, it just doesn't feel good. I feel like my time's being wasted, as as we talked about with Elden Ring, like butting your head against a boss for hours, and say you don't beat it, it's like that time was kind of wasted. And same here. Um, it does kind of give you like a little bit of a boost because you create death cards every time you die in this game, and those can be super powered cost yeah. cards.
2: <laughs> I was shocked when I got mine. I was like, "Wait, this is I can attack six or something? Yeah. I was like, what yeah. the fuck?"
1: Yeah, and you can get some really powered up ones. Um, so there, there, there are things there, and as we kind of get to the outer world, uh, the the world around it, the more interesting part. It's a bummer to have this wall in front of me that i just want to get through and i can't you know so one one quick question nick you know the other card game that you're just can't stop playing right on marvel snap right yeah
2: is there ever matches in that game where like oh they played this one specific card i'm fucked no matter what yeah like I'm, that does happen or y- yeah like i what,
1: mean a card so what is the perfect draw you know yeah uh,
2: and that just kinda... seems like it happens more often in inscription than it should or yeah. Like well, well, one sided. again, I
1: like when if if the enemy played by the same rules, like in Marvel Snap, I wouldn't feel as bad. But right. when the enemy just plays, can just play cards as they feel like, with no like no sacrificing or no uh, I, I forgot about the other mechanic where when an enemy when when your guy dies, it generates bones, and some cards cost bones right. instead of sacrifices. Um, but when you're playing though when they're not, when they can just play the cards as they f- see fit, it's just I can't. I know,
2: I get, I get that for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, and I did There are items in the game that kind of can help you turn the tide. Uh, you can pull out your own tooth, uh, your character's tooth, and put it on the scale to give you one point of, uh, you know, health against them, or you know, heal mm-hmm. you for one. Mm-hmm. And you can get you can get free squirrels and bottles. Uh, so there, there are some helpful things, but I don't know. I just I just only had that one good run and yeah. couldn't do it.
2: So. No, that's that's important in roguelikes. likes. Is if you are going that route where like it's meant to be a very very high wall initially, um, yeah, you need to you need to bring it somewhere else to get me want, to, wanting to keep <laughs> coming back and not just getting upset that. I lost because you're a computer and I'm a human. And I
1: know there's probably someone listening that played the game and was like, oh, exactly. I beat it a third
2: time, you know, yeah. like
1: no problem.
2: There's a guy we work with. <laughs> he, he loved this game. So, I mean, yeah, I'm curious to talk to him about it too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that's the card game, the, the movement part. Now let's get into the weird part. So when you launch this game, you realize that new game is not even an option. Mm. You can't even do it. You can't even do it. The only option is continue. And, How precarious! Yeah, <laughs> and while you're playing this card game, uh, you can get up from the table and walk around in first-person mode, <laughs> and you can interact with the world. Uh, and then on top of that, some of the cards are actually talking to you. They they you'll draw uh, this little weasel card, and will he'll he'll talk to you, and they'll tell you, "Oh, there's a way to get out of here." There's all these things you can do. And you can you'll see things in the environment and interact with them and they'll get you new cards and then some of those cards you play will do something in the environment when you set off a certain amount of conditions so uh, there's this kind of like weird like world going on here and then every time you die your character's photo is taken and made a death card so you're like person's just put into a card and I, the implication is is that you're a new traveler every time you show up here um hmm. so there's and there's even weirder stuff uh, you can you at one point you get a knife and you can cut out your own eyeball uh it's <laughs> yes. yeah it's it's really weird hardcore and um <laughs> and i won't spoil it for john but after i my failed attempt i was like well why do people love this game so much like why why is it reviewing so high and that's because the second act is just completely different like a big bunch of weird and crazy stuff happens um, and I won't spoil that for anybody that wants to try it but uh, yeah I do wanna I do like I do intend
2: to. Learn it, because like I, I would be lying if I said like I, I understand the game fully, right? Like right. I, it's hard to jump to conclusions, or oh, I just spit everywhere. <laughs> hard to jump to conclusions without really giving it a fair shake. And there's, I'm too experienced of a gamer to know that sometimes you just need to understand everything about the game to be able to come to a conclusion about it. So, right. I plan on it, but um, yeah, I mean, hey, not everything can be a, a banger, man. You know, not everything is right. for for you know somebody. Right, and if, again, no if you're not choice. having
1: fun, like why, you know? Yeah, if you're not having Be- fun playing games, like I wish, I wish I could just skip this mode. I don't, I don't like. I'll, I'll lose the trophy. I just want to, you know, play the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's my thoughts on inscription. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to it. Maybe John will play and be like, oh okay you got it you gotta play through it you got to play through it now you know yeah there's this so. one thing that you didn't get to that makes this mechanic not be shit yeah or something yeah or yeah or maybe I maybe I should just go and look online and be like, here's the build this is how you win right <laughs> you know like well only you know if you're really looking for something to play yeah so um so I think that's it unless you got anything else to say about it no I'd just be talking out of my ass so <laughs> No, no, we can move on. All right, John. All Bring right. us the final topic. All right. So I'm
2: going to keep this one kind of brief because we're going to be inundated with this discussion for the next nine weeks or so. So I, I did- Inundated my, like it's a negative thing? Inundated like it's a good thing. Is it inundated yeah. always negative? I don't know. I yeah, don't I guess know. it's usually usually <laughs> used negatively.
1: Inundation for my-
2: Positively inundated with yeah. The Last of Us discussion. So I was able to platinum The Last of Us Part 1.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And- um, I, it's truly one of the greatest stories ever told in, in this medium yeah. and even outside of it. It's, you know, I, I was talking to Nick about The Last of Us and what, we don't need to get into specific stories because most people listening have probably played it. And also, again, the show's coming out on Sunday, so I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Um, I just I, I every I forget every time I play this game, how many truly gut punching, draw dropping moments that there are. And it's not in the typical way that you expect where there's large explosions or, you know, big character deaths. It's real human interactions with massive emotional stakes attached to them delivered perfectly by Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker and everybody else in the cast that you cannot replicate this level of emotional depth that comes with this series. like, And that's obviously what sets it apart from everything else. Um, simple dialogue exchanges can just feel so raw and impactful and you, know, you feel the emotions bleed
1: through the screen and into you. I, I'm, I'm gonna steal a video game donkey line, is, yeah. is that they talk like people talk, like people talk over each other, they interrupt each other, they're mad, they speak non-verbally. All these things are in the game and I, that's why it feels so good. You play Horizon Forbidden West and it's just like two people standing at each other and just... Talking back and forth, back and forth, and the the last of us is just like all over the place. Like, you don't know what's gonna happen. Right, they're people are yelling the floor, at each people other. People are being
2: held back. Yep. Um. Yeah. Whatever the case, man. Like they're pushing each other. You know, I think of a, a moment where between Joel and Ellie when they're in a bedroom later, and like there's it's a heated moment, and, and Ellie's like, "No, you fucking asshole!" and like pushes him, and like you know, it just it just feels like this is a girl who's you know so emotionally invested in everything that's happening around her that like yeah she's gonna let that get to her and it it causes this physical response and that every little tiny thing about that you know whether you're conscious of it or not it's adding to this this stew of awesomeness like I I don't know how else (laughs) to explain it and like Ellie and Joel are just because of the performances are just some of the greatest characters that have ever been graced in this medium. And then when you put them together, uh, they're just the perfect companion, <laughs> like, you know, perfect protagonist and companion piece. Um, I just, you know, it, it really is as good as it gets its credit for. Um, and this is the definitive way to play it. I, I feel like after playing this version of the game, while it might not be the project you wanted them to work on, it fully justifies the cost, it fully justifies the team working on it. Putting out the best version of this seminal game in our industry is is it's
1: a premium product for sure.
2: It is a premium product, but it but it's worth it, it is, if, if yeah. you love
1: The Last of Us.
2: Yep. So you know, obviously, play this game if you have any interest in it. <laughs> right now is an interesting time with the the show. So you know, I don't know if you would want to do them in tandem, but um, you're only doing yourself a disservice not playing this. It does it play the great? Is the shooting the best? No.
1: <laughs> that was going to be my first question. It's, it's
2: not but that's not what we're here for
1: yeah but how did you feel about revisiting the gameplay it's it was fine
2: like right. i like i it didn't hurt at all like I, you know i sure I, there was moments where i wanted to be playing like the last of us part two or i'm crawling i'm doing more you know more with my combat but i knew that i, I just i knew why i was there and it was to have these intimate moments with these characters and like and this was the first time i've ever platinumed it too so you know going through the world a little bit more intricately and reading every note like right i don't know about you nick like when you go through a game and like you know let's say this game it had about north of 200 collectibles right <laughs> yeah. like if you go through a game not necessarily the last of us do you typically read everything
1: uh it had to be invested in the world for yeah. sure if i am not invested i will skip that stuff i don't i don't care yep. but like you know, like The Witcher or Cyberpunk. You know, I might not read everything, but I'm pretty damn close to doing. I read every damn word of every every <laughs> note because, like,
2: even that stuff, it's so well written. Like, I've I've heard in the past this story of Ish uh, that's that's exists primarily and exclusively in these notes, but it's also in tandem with like some of the environments you're exploring. But like, it tells one of the this you know amazing story that. You know, is that I would have missed otherwise, but it was it was interesting going through getting is that all the, the school story.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really good.
2: Yep. So you know, again, show coming out. Don't want to say anything, but um, you know, but that being said, like there were like it's not absolutely perfect. Like, you know, going <gasps> yeah, no, <laughs> going through this game, you know, wanting to get the platinum, and this is my own fault because I'm a junkie. But like, it was kind of annoying, like. Okay. I have to oh, I have to look up in a tree for this tiny glimmer of a
1: firefly tag that's dangling that nobody would ever come across on their own. Especially that a college campus one is absurd. Yeah, yeah, that's such a big environment in the game. It's silly. <laughs> and like it's cool if you want to reward people for exploring, but like this game
2: has the perfect system already installed instilled in it to make it a little bit better, which is the listening system. If right. if there was a way that they could highlight collectibles in the listening system or or have a map a small map or something that allows me to get to these things more organically so i didn't have to worry the entire time did i miss something and granted at least in the chapter selection it shows you what you're missing in each chapter so you can kind of know in the general area but right. that could have been a little bit better but man i um i i it, it playing through this game this was my third time it reaffirmed The level of quality of the story is how much I truly love Ellie and Joel. Ellie specifically, I just think she's so, 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 so good um, that... uh I, I I want to go play part two right now. Like that's how I feel right now. I'm, I'm not going to, but maybe one day I will platinum it because I feel like it's the same exact shit. It's just you just got to find everything. I think so, yeah. And you know, I hope uh, there's not any multiplayer element. Well, no, there's no multiplayer So like this
1: is the first time you've played Left Behind. Yes, actually. Yeah, it could, yep. yeah, what, is it, what were your thoughts on... Well, let's divide it up into the, the two parts. So there's the, the timeline that inserts itself into the story mm-hmm. of the original Last of Us after Joel gets... And gets hurt, uh, and then the Joel or Ellie's past with the friend that she mentions at the very end of the game. Um, how, so, how did you how did you feel about the? Let's we'll start with the current timeline: the the mall and ice saving Joel. Yeah, yeah, kind of sucked. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was fine, um, but what I realized while playing it was two main things. I think is that last of us without melee as a backup sucks
1: (laughs) yeah like if you ever get close
2: to an enemy and you don't you just have ellie's dumb knife that does nothing it sucks you know especially towards the end of that end of that uh dlc you just come across these scenarios like i think of the very last fight yeah i had three pistol bullets Two bow and arrow bullets, and that was it. <laughs> and so I had to, like, sneak around, find somebody that I was able to backstab. But granted, this is the final fight, so there's people everywhere to yeah. get a little bit more ammo, to try and kill some other people. I, I just bumped the difficulty down as far as I could because I was like, I don't
1: and, want uh, yeah, to Yeah, highlights it. the weakness of Naughty Dog Games before Last of Us Part Two is, like— yeah. The combat is not great. not great, and then toward the end of every game, they ramp it up so hard that you, it's just not fun. You're just like, get! I want to get through this, you yep. know, whether you're Nathan Drake or Ellie or Joel or whatever. Yep. You just want to get through it because it sucks. And yeah, John's talking about an encounter at the very end where there a bunch of guys are trying to break into Joel's uh, location, and the first part is stealth. And then you do that, and you're like, ah, oh, good, I got it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next part is a giant combat encounter where the enemies know where you are, and then that combat encounter progresses to a another level when the infected are involved. Right. And it's just, it's just horrible from start to finish, like, oh my god.
2: Yeah, if you're making me modify <laughs> the gameplay settings that I established at the very beginning of the game at the very end because you make it too annoying, it's not great game design, yeah. And I think I remember at the very last combat encounter, I just tried to let the clickers take care of everything. I was just, I was just yeah, literally yeah, avoiding people. Yeah, you hide. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't want to do this. So, um, so that part kind of sucked.
1: What about the uh, combat encounter with the stalkers in the like storage area that's flooded, and the the, the vehicles are parked in there? Yeah. and you got to get the gas. I remember. I don't remember struggling with it too bad. Okay, I just want. I wonder what yeah. you, if you had any thoughts about. it. If you just went through it, that's fine. Yeah, I that think that part it, freaked me out.
2: Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it was it was a little intimidating. I uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I remember in that playthrough being Ellie and just having some like a couple sections where I was just for some reason flicking the stick in the exact perfect spot every time. I think I like, headshot six guys and I was like, this is easy. I don't know, this isn't a problem you at got all.
1: Surgical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got <laughs> surgical with this bitch.
2: Um, but yeah, so it, it was okay. It was okay, but the the Riley stuff yes was fantastic. It was, oh, it's know it was so good. Phenomenal. You know, it's it's everything I would expect from Narrative Naughty Dog. Yeah. Um, in fact, I wish I kind of wish the entire DLC was just. Not con- like I, they could have gotten rid of that the, the combat <laughs> stuff I'm Like know. let me just get the story of Ellie and Riley yeah. because it has some you know incredibly powerful moments like like they they always do you know there's obviously a little bit of a like they're not just friends right they're a little bit more than friends and you yeah. you get that without ever without it ever beating you across the face with it you can sense that tension there um you know where Riley's kind of Kind of coming back to Ellie after she's been gone for a while and, and wants to see her one last time. Yeah. Do we want to get spoilery here? I don't know if we want to.
1: Uh, if we,
2: do, <laughs> I'm gonna. I feel like I should spoil it.
1: <laughs> I mean, but I, then again, the show. Yeah, that's. Um, I would focus on like maybe a specific moments that yeah. you really enjoyed. Sure. So yeah, I mean, so you're getting a lot of the the kind of. Ellie...
2: Who Ellie was before she met Joel, right? And this is even pre-Ellie getting bit. This
1: is... Yeah. This is... Do you, do you have a favorite moment of, of this part? Because I have mine.
2: Of the entire DLC?
1: Yeah, the DLC. It was her single, like, favorite moment of it. It was, it
2: was when they were... I think they were dancing together at, towards the end with the music. And then Ellie kind of... Like, after she basically said, like, No, no, go do your thing. I, I understand. Like, where she, like... Said, don't do
1: that. Yeah, that's... That, like, that's a... Powerful, rough... Scene. And this, it,
2: it's the acting. Like <laughs> yeah, it's it such, really is. It's such a well-acted moment from Ashley Johnson that, you know, she's like dancing, happy, you know, being a 14-year-old teenage girl, probably 13 at this point, where her face just changes. And you can see, this is how I really feel. This is how I really... You know how i really am very but vulnerable but, but i don't know how to tell this to you so i'm just here it is yeah. here the it vulnerable is. is
1: written all over her face and the way that
2: riley reacts to it is perfect or yeah. she, you know rip i don't want to get into any more of it but <laughs> um yeah like that was that was incredible and you know to see I, I feel like i can say this because we all know ellie gets bit right like yeah. to see that moment and knowing how everything kind of goes from there onwards it's just you know it was
1: um it was very, very good. Uh, my, it's not the best part to play, but I thought of my, one of my favorite moments is the fighting game, yeah. where there's no, there's you're playing a fighting yeah, game, you're right, yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't turn on because it's the apocalypse, it's it's broken. And so Riley recreates. Ellie uh, closes her eyes, and then the game zooms in on her face. And uh, Riley recreates the fighting, yeah. fighting game in her. It's just a just a well-written scene, like just yeah. incredibly detailed. Like, you, you're doing but who <laughs> thought of that scene is. Yeah. Kudos to you, whoever wrote that scene.
2: Neil, yeah, thank you, Neil. Um you know, yeah, you're doing button prompts to like kind of try and simulate it a little bit. And yeah, and like Ellie, again, you know, she starts off and she's kind of like, This is stupid, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. And her she's she grows this sly smile while she's doing it. You can tell she's getting into it and you know, again, just showing how close they truly are with one another in this this post-apocalyptic bleak fucking world that nobody ever wants to be a part of. Like they actually found you know, something to fight for, to be wanting to be, um, you know, uh, with, and again, knowing what we know happens is just heartbreaking. Yeah, but yeah. but God. still, amazingly well done. Yeah,
1: the Halloween shop, great, great part yeah. too, as well. Just a lot of great interactions with the. Yeah, uh, Ellie's RAR. <laughs> that was good. Or the uh, the the eight the, the eight ball that you know kind of gives you your prediction. Yeah. A lot of great funny responses to that. Yeah, just 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 great. It, there's, it's just so. <laughs> You know, they're so good at
2: humanizing people and just like, you know, Ellie's jokes, while dumb, they're just a a vehicle to get you to, I think, just become a little bit more empathetic, a little emotionally attached. Like, even if it's a dumb little tiny thing, it just, it. Naughty Dog's, I feel like great at just building little tiny building blocks that culminate into this amazing, these amazing moments, amazing relationships, amazing performances, amazing everything. Just not combat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. So... Yeah. So I mean um can't wait for the show, man. It's
1: gonna be so good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we can that's six things. So let's preview next week and yeah, HBO is the last of us. We'll be out. Mm-hmm. Episode one of nine. Yeah. We have now learned. What's that runtime? Uh, I believe it's eighty five minutes for the first <laughs> episode. Ugh, yeah and i think the third episode is just as long so we're getting 9 movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so expect that to be the permanent sixth thing on the show for the next 9 episodes so please watch it and please if you have any comments questions email us in cuz yeah we're I'm, I'm so stoked i mean that we all know what happens in the first 15 minutes so yeah seeing it recreated in live action is going to be exciting and heartbreaking yeah. and <laughs> you said your your girlfriend is not watching this with you right uh, she said she'll try
0: okay.
2: we'll see how that goes because that's one of the weird like <laughs> again because we know the story I, I want to see I just want to gauge other people's reactions who have not experienced the story I want, yeah. see, I want to see does it hit as hard reviews seem to say it does um, but that's one of the small things I think I'm looking to, forward to most with it
1: yeah yeah, it's 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 going to be exciting. A property that we love so much is going to be the talk. Like everyone's going to be talking about this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we I think
2: I've mentioned on the show before. We have a dumb like question of the day at work, and that was my question of the day: was who's watching this show? Just so I can know who yeah, who can be a part of the conversation. And <laughs> it it's, it's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody.
1: Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so that'll again be the permanent six thing we'll be talking about the first episode next week. And there will be spoilers, so please watch it. Sure. Um, is there anything else to tease? Um,
2: you know, might might have a discussion on. You know, again, I platinumed "What Remains of Edith Finch." Um, I think that might be like Nick. I know. You know, I know you've never played it, but see if you can find some time in the next week or two to like get through it. It's okay. It's you'll. I promise you, you're going to like it. <laughs> and again, it's two hours, and you can. All right, just, you know, all right. I'll download. That would be a fun discussion. Um, and uh, no, I mean, I, I think. I think now is finally the time, getting Last of Us behind me, to do the dirty and jump into Elden Ring, you know, (laughs) balls deep, full on, head first, um, you know, but I don't know how, like, the discussion will be around that, just because, like, there's really not a lot of narrative to talk about, and so I'll just be playing through that, and... um You know, want to try to see if I can keep rubbing neon white in Nick's face. (laughs) But you know, other than that, I think I'm kind of in a holding pattern until Dead Space remake. You know, I I don't know if I'll get that day one, but that's only two weeks away now. And um, love the first one so 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 much. So yeah, you know, Um, that might be on the horizon too.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I'll have Devil May Cry five, and yeah, sure I'll play what remains. Did we? I don't think I said the day. What is the day that the uh, the extra games are coming? Tuesday. It is always the third Tuesday of a month. Cool. So that will be the 17th. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we'll get reviews yet, but we are creeping up on both Forspoken and Dead Space Remake. And I'm curious, especially... With our sixth sense about Forspoken, mm-hmm. if, if we're right or not, it's very divisive. I mean, it's not just us. It's you know, I saw an
2: article today talking about like the divisiveness of Forspoken continues. Like, yeah. some people think it looks awesome. Some people say I don't want to touch it with a ten-foot pole. So it, it, it doesn't
1: release next week, but it'll be very close. It, it's the 24th for both those games. I gotta
2: imagine that's a day before
1: embargo, if not. Yeah, yeah. So a maybe, day maybe we'll have the wait to talk about that, but. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have another. Yeah, I mean, we, we
2: did just, you know, we did just start our, our video game league. So, we you know, maybe throughout the year we'll talk about that. Nick Salty, because I got first pick this year. Very legit. I did a wheel with eight of us. I got the first pick, which means, of course, Zelda will be mine. Um, you know, but maybe we'll talk about it throughout the year as well, because Nick, uh, you know, I, I think I'm back to back champ, bud. You need to beat me at something. Too many profits, too many things that I've, I've got the better of you with.
1: As listeners of the show know, the wheel is supposed to fuck us. It's supposed to do horrible things. And not and and and, and you know what? It's now that I just said that, yeah. it's funny. Because the wheel did fuck someone and it was me. Now nah, you're fine. and it's because I used the wheel last. No no no. <laughs> Let me tell the story. Because my name was next to John's on the wheel. And so, and it was before his. So when that wheel slowly turned, it was slowly turned on to me. Oh yeah, it looked for sure like it was. Going to you. Yeah, and it and it went to John. It's going. So it kept turning. now that I said that, the wheel fucked me. Yeah, because I was the one to use the wheel last. So god damn. It's like it, it
2: follows, just like whatever, <laughs> whatever
1: the last to it
2: was. It really is like if. Oh, no, really? If yeah. fucked, I fucked anybody, you fucked Nemesis of the show, Jake. Jake's <laughs> Jake's last.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you get two picks. I'm not. That's true. That's not two. That's not the worst. That's true. You'll get like
2: Suicide Squad
1: and <laughs> yeah. God knows what. Yeah. So. So yeah, New Year, we fucking me again. So what? Yeah. All, what else is new? Cool. But all right, we are done here. We thank you again for listening. Again, if you have any questions. And you, or thoughts on that, HBO's The Last of Us, please email us at playstationpalspod at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, I should mention the song. <laughs> oh, yeah, do that. Yeah, we do a song at the end of every episode. <laughs> and this one, again, to continue the Last of Us train, to get us all hyped, is The Last of Us Part 2. That's the exact song name from The Last of Us Part 2 by our boy Gustavo Santa and he, he, he researched that, folks. Very nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, which I believe we featured on the very first episode of this show. So very fitting. So great song. Let's get hyped. Woo. The show's here. So uh, we will see you next week with six more things. Cool. Bye, see, guys. See you on the other side.